Welcome, everybody, to the NPCs podcast and the weekly news roundup. This is the roundup for the week of May 5th, 2023, and here is what's making headlines. Microsoft's Phil Spencer reflects on the state of Xbox at CMA and thinks losing the Xbox One generation was the worst one to lose. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom leaks two weeks early. Beware of spoilers. Could we be at the tail end of Overwatch League and Call of Duty League? And Discord is forcing a username change. My name is Travis Sherman, and as always for the Weekly News Roundup, I am joined by none other than Kyle Inman. Kyle, howdy. How's it going? Well, um, it's a great question, actually. Um, I know, of course, we'll probably get into a little bit talking about the first story here, especially, but um, I did try Redfall, and um, that's something. Is it awful? Well... I definitely probably need to put some more time into it because it seems like some people are actually faring pretty mm-hmm. well with it. Uh, I will say one of the things you had shared with me was about criticism of the graphics, more specifically that things looked like they were from like the Dreamcast PlayStation 2 mm-hmm. era. And as things stand right now, I haven't noticed that. But just to kind of get a feel of the game itself anyway, I have basically got it on the easiest difficulty possible because I just wanted to hop it and just see what happened. Uh I haven't come across any vampires yet. I've been working through this like cult that's there. They're just humans and that that look like maybe they want to be vampires or they worship them. I don't know enough of the lore yet. Uh, and that AI is pretty bad on easy. I took out, I think I was telling you about this before, is I took out one person who was right next to two others and nothing happened there. I took out the second person. And then what happened is that the third person finally realized that I was there and walked backwards to me, I think about 50 to 75 feet. Oh, wow. Like literally walked backwards to me and didn't even turn around to attack me. Like they were in defensive mode waiting for me to get like within like within view, but they didn't do anything to me. So I wonder if I restart the game on a, a harder difficulty or if I can change the difficulty of the existing game I'm on right now, I wonder if that AI might actually improve a little bit more. Like, they make it easy just for the sake of being easy at that point, but once you go up in difficulty, obviously they get a little bit smarter. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, that makes sense. I, I I, don't know, though. I I know that Arcane, uh, early on with the release of Deathloop, the AI was kind of ignorant and did some really silly things or, you know, just uh, wasn't too terribly responsive to the character. So I wonder if that that's maybe right. part of, you know, just arcane being arcane, but maybe possibly it is just extra special for, you know, the easy difficulty or the the lower difficulty. Yeah, and the only other thing I had an interesting time with um had to do with trying to fine tune my controls. Uh when you were moving up and down uh, like you're moving your head up and down to actually look around. That felt fine. But when you remove your head left to right, uh, basically turning around, it felt like there was some sort of delay. Like you would press it to the left, for example, and it would go slow at first. Even if you press the thumbstick all the way to the left, it would start out slow and then, you know, then would swipe over. It was it's I tried tuning the the sensitivity, but it didn't seem like anything I've adjusted has actually worked. And it doesn't seem like any sort of conflict with uh, aim assist that you would have in a console. Yeah, that sounds like some sort of like pointer or reticle acceleration uh, that that's 
trying to like get you to not overcompensate too quickly or something. I I don't know. That that's really weird. It's possible, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I've tweaked it enough and so I think it's playable enough, but I'm hoping that you know, as of course all of these other criticisms and such have come out about Redfall that whatever the the first patch is going to be that will introduce fixes or or whatever else comes with it, you know, will hopefully resolve all of that hopefully resolve those, those couple things more so again really ai again i need to try different difficulty to see what happens but the the control part definitely seems like it needs a tweak but otherwise everything else seems fine but it's it's redfall you know it's it's i don't know i'll tell you more later as i play more yeah i really haven't taken the dive into that one i i downloaded it but i i don't know uh, how interested in it I, I guess i am maybe it'd be be helpful if i played it co-op uh so maybe we should try it some night but i i don't know if i'm necessarily that super interested in it especially with all the negative criticism mm-hmm. and all the the screenshots and videos i've seen that it they're not necessarily wrong at times it could be it could be one of those titles that comes out to be like a sleeper title Maybe one that, you know, initially here there are some problems with things, but just like uh, Cyberpunk that, you know, it's like patches came out, things got fixed and such, and it, it became, you know, it became a, a better game. Maybe we'll see something like that, too. I, I'll i keep my hopes up, you know, because Arcane does make some decent games, and I, I just I can't imagine what was going on behind the scenes that caused some of the difficulties they ran into with getting this game out. Yeah, and I, I mean, there's... There's some speculation that maybe Microsoft should have had more of a hand in in development and, you know, in guiding the studio than letting them be, you know, so hands off and, you know, not necessarily give them direction and let them have their creative freedom. And maybe, you know, they need to rein that in. But, of course, that's all speculative. Um, there, There's no one saying that 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 was a for sure thing that was said. Um, but it, it's being passed around out there. Um, but maybe that kind of ties into our first story, actually. I honestly, it does, because this first story here we have on the list is talking about a interview that, uh, head of Xbox, Phil Spencer gave with kind of funny games and was talking to them about, uh, kind of where things sit right now with Microsoft and the Xbox, uh, part of the business. So specifically, a couple things that have come out in the last few weeks is first off, of course, is that uh, Microsoft, when they were reporting their um, their financial results for the quarter, did indicate that there was a 30% drop in Xbox head uh, hardware revenue. And then, of course, there was also the news, I believe it was either late last week or early this week, that involved the CMA. That's the UK's um, the UK's regulator when it comes to mergers and acquisitions and such, uh, they decided to go ahead and block the acquisition on the grounds of the cloud portion of the the deal versus the actual console game portion. And then, of course, you know, because problems always come in threes, uh, we had the uh, launch of Redfall, which ended up actually netting some pretty meh reviews. Um, I think the highest score I saw out there was maybe a, like a 7 out of 10. But most of them sat average somewhere between about four and six. Yeah, and I so it, it, at least on a scale. Of I 10. think, and I don't. It, it's been like a, a couple days uh, since I checked, uh, but I think last I checked, the uh, Metacritic uh, was some, sitting somewhere at like a sixty-seven with a user score of like a two point eight. So 
highly wow on the user side. Of course, that that could be quite a bit of rever- review bombing, um, and that could lead into partially, you know, hardware being the problem uh, with some consoles, but not necessarily. Um, yeah, I can't imagine. Like, I know there's always been the talk about how the game needs to support, you know, you've got the Series S, which kind of ends up being a, a bottleneck. I'll put that in mm-hmm. quotes. Um, because, of course, it can't do the, the 4K experience. Um, and then, of course, you've got the Series X anyway, but there's really not much holding it back there. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know necessarily if I'd consider that. I mean, Redfall has been in the works through the course of the pandemic. And so it makes me wonder if that kind of hit some of that pandemic fatigue that the rest of the gaming industry felt. I mean, we did have some big blockbusters that came out that were very successful during that time period. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if this was in some sort of weird spot that just that, that didn't help, you right. know, that, that they just ran into a difficulty. But there were also other studios that reported, you know, problems during the pandemic with, you know, isolation being mm-hmm. an issue, not being able to communicate with the rest of the team or share, um, you know, something that they had found within the game or, you know, share code that they that might further the game. Uh, quite a bit qu- more quickly, um, you know, more effortlessly a- a- across to the-, the rest of the programmers. Whereas, you know, they are kind of isolated. You do have to share it through them, you know, oh, post it on, you know, message board or Slack or whatever, you know, the company's using at the time. And then they have to go fetch the files off like a GitHub or, or whatnot. Yeah, exactly. And you're used to that raw compute power and and the, and the horsepower of your workstation there to be able to develop games on and such. And, you know, some people are able to take those things home to keep mm-hmm. working. Some of them had to do some sort of remote type thing. And yeah, there was a lot that suffered. But obviously, of course, you know, um, it wasn't just Arcane. It wasn't just any of the other game studios under Microsoft. It was industry wide that we saw those right. issues. So let's kind of talk a little bit about what Phil had said in the uh, kind of funny game stuff. So, you know, he talked about um, kind of the gaming strategy, at least across what they're trying to do, because Microsoft's objective right now, at least with Xbox is not only console, but also PC cloud, bringing things to mobile. Um, And so one of the things they talk about is about building great games. Isn't it? like, uh, yeah, it's not enough to build a great game to win in the console wars anymore. So here's here's the quote that we have here from the that The Verge had picked out. We'll talk about it. I see the commentary that if you just build great games, everything will turn around. It's just not true that if we go off and build great games, all of a sudden you're going to see console share shift in some dramatic way. We lost the worst generation to lose in the Xbox One generation while everybody built their digital library of games. We want our Xbox community to feel awesome, but this idea that if we just focused more on great games on our console, that somehow we're going to win the console race doesn't really lay into the reality of most people. There is no world where Starfield is an 11 out of 10 and people start selling their PS5s. That's not going to happen. And he's right. It's there's not necessarily a game out there that would drive, I think many people to go and sell their console just to pick up that game on a different system. Um, You know, I mean, stock has come back up of consoles, So it's easy enough to actually get a PlayStation five or an Xbox series console. Nowadays, the Nintendo switch is, is a plenty and has been, of course, especially we're on the cusp of tears of the kingdom releasing Mm -hmm. here soon. Um, And there are a lot of people here in the, 
in the gaming world between like even you and I who have multiple ways to play games on us at any point in time, whether it is our phone, you like with your Steam Deck, we got the Switch here at home, we got a gaming PC, Xbox One, Xbox Series X. I know you've got your retro consoles as well, yeah. too, with you. You've got your you got your gaming PC, you've got some more recent consoles, but at the same time, it's like we all have different ways to play games, but he's exactly right, is that there's not going to be some sort of major upheaval in the gaming world where a game is going to force uh, that decision with players like, oh, well, I want to play Starfield. I'm going to have to go and sell my PlayStation 5. No, more likely than not, what we're going to see is people probably either buy a Series S or Series X or buy a gaming PC and then net that additional bonus of being able to play other games on PC in tandem with still owning their PS5 and playing some of those PS5 exclusive titles too. So I think Phil is in the right on this one that we're not in that phase of gaming anymore. We haven't been for a long time. Right. No, I, I, I fully agree on that. Um, right now, I, I think where the his true focus, and you know, he, he goes on to say it, is that they're focused on that the community of it and, and trying to focus on uh, just more or less the uh the cloud and and xbox not necessarily gold but the uh game pass as a whole uh you know and and bridging it across the 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 whole family of devices so you can access stuff on pc so you'll be able to access that same game on your cell phone or your console um and i i think right now um the big thing for them and it, it it's probably not going to happen at this point is trying to get Xbox on other consoles just as a service. Even if it's as a cloud service, that's what the goal is to try and get Xbox to as many uh, places essentially to play it. Um, it. It not so much a console as it is the idea of Xbox. I think so too. Like I would be, definitely more concerned if microsoft decided to bow out of the console hardware stuff and just make xbox a brand for its gaming platform that is like the apps that you see on your phone or on your computer you know i think that would be a that would be more of a a detriment to their success but even with all of that mentioned though i mean microsoft definitely has some problems that they need to work through right now more specifically, of course, that they haven't had a big seller on the console now in in years. Um, it's really weird to say years. Um, at the same time, of course, there's a lot riding on their next title, uh, Starfield. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean, let, let's look at some of the other stuff that happened here with Xbox anyway. Halo Infinite was delayed from the launch of the Xbox Series line until the year after, and that was even met with some criticism. Um, we had Forza Horizon 5, which ended up being... Uh, by far, I think probably out of every game that's released on the Xbox so far, I think that's probably by far their best I title. Think so. um, As am I. So I think that's one of the big takeaways with what Microsoft's got going on right now is that they need a big win in the gaming space. They need something there to basically tell the fans uh, and the core Xbox players that they have their back and really it's kind of weird to say especially as a person who basically plays xbox like i haven't owned a playstation since the playstation 2 it's like microsoft really needs this with starfield they need to be successful with starfield they need to deliver on it um 
I mean, I know for us, having played a lot of the other stuff out of Bethesda that are big open world games, like especially if you look at like Fallout and Skyrim or, or even any of the other Elder Scrolls games and the bugs you experience there, for something as ambitious as Starfield, I think we should expect some stuff like that. But I think these under like under delivering with like a lack of potential, like 60 FPS or um, something else that's going to screw up quality. It, it could be another nail in the coffin for Microsoft. Yeah. But I, it also makes me wonder if Bethesda is the, the place to turn to. Cause I mean, arcane's technically a, a Bethesda owned company, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, they're a subsidiary of Bethesda. Yeah, so yeah, so I mean, do we do we really want to look to Bethesda for another success story after they've technically turned out what is critically a failure at, at least right now? Um, well, and, well then let's let's talk about like what's on the horizon then right now for stuff. I mean, we've got the next Forza Motorsports, we've mm-hmm. got uh, Hellblade Two. We just recently had, you know, the shadow drop of Hi-Fi Rush, which ended up being a, a, a success. Um, we've had the inclusion of the Persona games via Game Pass. You know, there, there's it's been branching out to including like uh, some very like mainstay Japanese games that only existed on the PlayStation. Um, it's like, what else is there? Or even potentially, like, could we see another Gears here soon? What about the potential revamp of Halo and Unreal Engine? You know, there's... See, It's I, a concern. I would like to think so, but the fact that Xbox, or I guess Microsoft, has all these studios that are, aren't actually cranking out any games currently, they're just supposedly we're all working on games, does Microsoft need to look to a, you know, third-party company or a third-party publisher to crank out an exclusive title for them uh, just in the meanwhile? Because, I mean, we haven't had that success story, and we really haven't had a really good, you know, first-party title in quite a while for Xbox, and I think they need that success under their belt, this especially at this point. Yeah, and that's what has me worried at the end of the day, is that we, we need to see a win for something. Um, right. The, the way that gaming has changed in the last decade now has really made it clear that there are make or break scenarios here that are going to ultimately lead to the potential demise of of a company. I mean, I know just recently Sony had announced, I can't remember if it was today or yesterday, that they were shuttering one of their AA studios mm-hmm. uh, because of under-delivering on some game there too. But, I mean, obviously, of course... it's Sony and you know, that happens though too, but they've also been around longer than Microsoft. So they've got a lot of other studios under their belt, but I don't know about that idea or that prospect of another company coming in and delivering a, a triple a title as a backup because of the amount of time it would take to deliver something on that. I would, I would almost like, I would almost bet that Sony would come back out with a resistance or kill zone game before Microsoft could get something spun up as a, a brand new standalone AAA title. Well, oh, there's another one I just realized was Fable, you know, apparently yeah. as well. But that, once again, is just in the works. And all, the most we've seen of it thus far is, what, a 30-second trailer that didn't really show anything except for a fairy being eaten by a frog. So, I mean... True. We, we've got all this stuff in the works from Microsoft, and maybe it doesn't even necessarily need to be a AAA title. Maybe they just need a handful of you know, indie titles that are just 
excellent, you know, just to get by. Something that that really grabbed people for a good three, four months, you know, or six months. And then maybe it falls on the wayside and it still has its audience. But something that, that Microsoft can, can claim and, and, you know, have success with for at least a little while um, before they get thrown out in the gutter by another Redfall or, you know, hopefully... If Fable doesn't do it to them again, I mean, they don't have Peter Molyneux trying to overpromise with it anymore. So, <laughs> God, I'm so grateful for stuff like that now. But right. yeah, we, we're at a point now where it, it's kind of a make or break situation. I mean, there are some good things on the horizon for Microsoft, but for this year, especially, it's like they, they were expecting Redfall to be one of those things that helped deliver on, on, you know, games for the year, and we obviously see where that's at now. The next thing up is Starfield. I know Minecraft Legends came out recently, but at the same time, it's like we've still got we've still got Starfield to get us basically through, unfortunately, the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And that game comes out next month. So yeah, or not next month. It comes out not, in September. Yeah, so we September. still have a few months to go. Yeah, we've got the we've got the 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 developer direct from Bethesda on Starfield next month, and then it comes out, I think, August or September. So we still got a few more months there, but then that's what's supposed to hold us out for that period of time. I don't know. To when, though? I, it's just, that's the thing. Yeah. Is, I mean... What's wh- next on the list wh- after that? What's next on the list? M- Microsoft really hasn't been forthcoming about, you know, what what projects are where, you know, currently. I, I'd like to see an update on, you know, a, a current Gears game other than you know, just that oh, we we released Judgment a, a couple years back, you know, or not Judgment? No uh, uh, what was the RTS one? Oh, Gears Tactics. Tactics. That's right. I liked. Ta- I actually enjoyed Tactics. It I would be neat to see it. like a sequel. It would be nice to see a sequel to it. Um, but uh, yeah, I. It'd be nice to see a sequel, but at the same time, I think you've got the like the core demographic for like Gears fans who would like to see a a true Gears game. Yeah, and maybe even not necessarily in the direction that they were headed with it, where the the Gears series is. I mean, we've had mm-hmm. some success with uh, games that follow the format of early two thousands games. Let's have a, a Gears game that reels it back in and you know gives us you know a single path with a little bit of variety, but. Let's let's rein it back in and not have these open areas with nothing to do in them. Yeah, but the problem is, of course, a lot of that takes time. So we just have to see like what the rest of the catalog is going to look like, or whatever else Microsoft may have up its sleeve that it hasn't even shown off yet. I mean, who knows? I know Starfield is supposed to be the big one for the rest of the year, but maybe we could get another game that they haven't even talked about yet that just like Hi-Fi Rush just shadow drops. You know, they do an announcement of it, and it's like, it's now available here for you guys to go do. And it, that would be cool if they did, but... You know, it would be really cool. Yet. I mean, there, there's there been the rumor, and I'll, I'll just end with this one, uh, but there's been the rumor, you know, of Sega potentially releasing a Jet Set Radio. What if we got a Jet Set Radio 3 exclusive for the Xbox? I mean... Oh, God, you're really asking for a lot. I you know. are You are reaching. But Jet Set Radio Future was on the original Xbox. It'd be kind of a nice you are, homecoming. You are you are reaching so much, Kyle, that your <laughs> arm is about to dislocate from your shoulder. It, it's all making way for the super game. We we all know it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, outside of that potential 
tomfoolery there. Let's move on, though, to our next story here. And uh, I'm not shocked about this next one because I I haven't seen anything of it. I'm glad I haven't seen anything of it. But yeah, unfortunately, it's out there. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom has leaked out two weeks early. Uh, So it was originally on May 1st, which was uh, this last Monday. So unfortunately, yeah, uh, Tears of the Kingdom retail versions actually got out uh, physical copies. This isn't like uh, Nintendo's eShop kind of just letting the... um, you know, letting the cat out of the bag and people being able to download it. No, it's physical copies that have made their way out and people have been able to not only play it, but have also been able to stream it and have also been able to share details on it. And I was reading another story here too about it also having already been uh, duplicated and brought to PC for emulation. Wow. Yeah, so it's already made its way through the chain. So... Um, what it looks like at least right now is that, um, it looks like Nintendo has been pretty swift with the ban hammer. I think the longest that a gate that the game actually got played for was, uh, I saw one report that one game went for like one stream went for like 60 minutes before it got the ban hammer. Uh, I saw another report somewhere that it went for like three hours before it got hit. Um, you know, there, there were quite a few out there. Um, even like the, uh, um, even uh, The Verge here makes a comment about it, saying that uh, apparently Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom was being played hidden behind Breath of the Wild in the uh, Breath of the Wild category on Twitch. So, well, I mean, it is technically a Breath of the Wild game. <laughs> I mean, it is Breath of the Wild 2, Electric Boogaloo. Right? I... I, I this is this was bound to happen. And I hate to say it, but we've seen this so much more uh, with specifically Switch games more and more lately. I mean, every now and then you'll have a, a physical uh, Xbox or PS5 game get out into the wild, but I feel like there's also the hard locks on, on the system that don't allow you to play it sometimes. Like, so, some games just work, but a lot of games anymore require you to download a day one patch that if you don't have that patch, that disc isn't going to work. Uh, before the date so um and i i think that's more tailored potentially even towards uh streamers or or review copies to 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 allow copies to get out there and be played you know by some people and it's more of a recent thing that you see this because i i want to say even during the xbox one era and ps4 era they were still having issues with with copies getting out, but not so much anymore with the, like the day one patches and whatnot. But with Nintendo, not so much. Their games are ready to go out the gate. So when a leak happens, when one falls off the truck, it's game over. <laughs> it really is. That That's the surprising thing is that it's like stuff moves so fast that it's tough to contain mm-hmm. anything nowadays. Um, but... You know, we've seen this happen a couple times. I think we saw this with um, uh, Scarlet, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know there's other things that have happened, though, too, so you have to forgive me. I mean, the list is extensive, and it hasn't even just been Nintendo either. But, yeah, you're right, is that there are different things out there that definitely help to prevent things like this, like whether it's a soft lock that's actually done in software um, that could pre- potentially prevent. Like, it does need, like, as soon as you connect it in, then it needs that patch to be able to actually play it or there's some kind of like date hard-coded into the the 
the cartridge or something like that. I don't know. But it, it the content's out there now, Kyle. I mean, for one of the most anticipated games for this year, or for at least the next couple years, I guess, if you look at how popular Breath of the Wild has still been. Um, I mean, kind of a shame and kind of sucks for Legend of Zelda fans now. Yeah. You know, they have to be careful with anything they look at. Yeah, no doubt. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, no, uh, I it, this is especially unfortunate. I, I I feel like Nintendo usually has a good handle on something like this, and it makes me wonder if it's just more dishonest employees or, you know, accidental shipments or whatnot, because I know uh, just, what was it, last month? Uh, there were there were YouTubers and uh, not even necessarily YouTubers, but regular users that were getting their uh, breath of the or their um, Legend of Zelda switches out um, like a month early. So and that, that was from like, you know, Best Buy or, you know, whatever retailer. So I don't know if they just had the dates in the computer wrong or if there was, you know, something that was wrong. The shipping manifest coming from Nintendo. But it, this is becoming way more common for Nintendo, and it's just very bizarre considering that they're so hard on the banhammer to be letting something like this slide so easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I wonder, depending on who the retailer was that let things out early, I bet you there's going to be punishments down the line, too, for breaking street date. Oh, I don't doubt it. I, I remember... Like, like, I, like how much how much could you have been fined at GameStop if you let out something early? Like I want to say, um, depending on the the stuff, it was actually pretty lenient. I mean, uh, there were there were games like Call of Duty that street date was very strict, and pretty much everyone knew that you know it was coming out that day, and if a copy got out, it was your job, you know. But I I think more or less that there wasn't an especially strict punishment per se if it was an accident, but you could incur a fine. And I don't recall the uh, exact amount, but I want to say it started at like potentially $2,500 on up. Yeah, and that could be also something in the contracts too that say if you break street date, you might have to pay X amount of dollars per copy you know, per whatever it is, like, you know, depending on how they source the leak out or figure out where the source of the leak came from, excuse me, you know, it's like, could that, you know, it's like that store received 40 copies of the game. And so even though only five of the games actually got out before street date and the other 35 are still behind the counter locked away, every single one of those games counts. And so it's like, you could be fine for all the games in that case. Yeah. And I, I mean, they're, there was actually, I think, more of a strict punishment necessarily for the the company uh, in particular. So if if they had a an employee that say sold two hundred and fifty copies, it was it was technically that said company that was responsible for it. For so they were technically negligible to take action against the employee at that point in some form of another, whether it be a fine termination or seeking some sort of reimbursement for it because the, whatever fine that um, the retailer could incur could mean, you know, a financial fine, um, a punishment for not being able to carry games for a certain period of time, or maybe a particular line of games for, uh, 
potentially potentially indefinitely um until you know a for for or a future date was uh seen and you know it could take years for that to become under review so i mean there was a lot of logistics that went into it from what i understood but you didn't want to break street date that's what it really came down to yeah, that's that's a big freaking thing you don't want to ever mess with. So at, at this point in time, though, of course, obviously the warning here right now is that we're as of this recording, we're only about maybe a week and a half out. But, uh, you know, keep your guard up. And of course, if you are a big Legend of Zelda fan, just be very careful when you're looking for hashtags on Twitter, if you still use Twitter. Um, or any other social media or anything like that. So that way you don't um, inadvertently get, you know, get your experience ruined. Yeah. Mute those keywords or just take a social network break because it, it's out there and it's not going away until, you know, we actually get to see the game. And I guess we get official videos out at that point. Yeah, I'm. Hmm, yeah. I'm also one, too, to realize that, like, I spend a lot of time on TikTok. I am fortunately, you know, knock on wood here, I have not yet seen anything yet for the game on there, I think, save for, like, advertisements directly from Nintendo. Right. And may maybe so, the... Good uh, sign there. Yeah, maybe the ninjas have been vigilant enough that we may not see too terribly much of it, um, especially at this point, but... It's hard to say. I mean, it's around every corner, and there's lots of people with lots with copies out there now. And I mean, you figure there were over what three million original Switch hacks that were done on on those original copies right out of the box that you could do with a paperclip. So, I mean, there are people that are going to have downloaded copies, unfortunately. So be wary. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. Well, let's carry on here from this. You know, spoiler alert, more news is coming your way, guys. More depressing uh, news. <laughs> yeah, this one's depressing. This kind of is depressing a little bit more personally for me in, in part of it. But at the same time, it's, you know, um, I'll, I'll explain why here shortly. But uh, apparently when uh, uh, apparently Activision is indicated in their SEC filing, um, as a part of their their financial reporting and stuff, that uh, they're not sure how long Call of Duty League and Overwatch League are going to last. Um, according to their filing, they actually make comments about it there, saying that they're not sure exactly how long they're going to be able to, to keep them going, and they're not going to be sure exactly on how to address them. Um, so what the actual filing says here, I have it up here on my screen, but I can also read the quote directly from PC Gamer here in their article. Um, it says, our collaborative arrangements for our professional esports leagues, for example, the Overwatch League and Call of Duty League, continue to face headwinds which are negatively impacting the operations and potentially the longevity of the leagues under the current business model. We continue to work to address these challenges which could result in significant costs and such efforts may prove unsuccessful. So it doesn't necessarily mean that things are going to be going away for either of those, but that definitely is a interesting sign. Um, there's a, there's a couple different things here. I think to take away from this. So first and foremost is that call of duty league started up uh, in, I believe 2019 and overwatch league started up in 2018. Um, 
of course, Overwatch was definitely like I know there's a lot of criticism about Overwatch two. So if you want to consider Overwatch, you know, at this point in time with Overwatch one, the heyday, hey, by all means, go for it, you know. Um, but one of the key things, of course, though, is that as time has gone on, the idea of basically creating a a true like esports league that would rival the the competitors and things like Dota and League of Legends and CS:GO. Uh, and even things like Rainbow Six Siege, you know, uh, it was definitely a big challenge here to do it, but also to try to bring to the forefront the same model that s- other cities and uh, states will use for franchise teams as well. Uh, that, you know, you have to basically pay in a big franchise fee to be able to actually have a team and and make that work. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, so it, it's a very interesting thing here to see actually what's going on, but... It is definitely true that there is um, there is uh, some problems going on right now. First off, of course, there, the Activision Blizzard's dealing with the the acquisition stuff with Microsoft. Um, secondly, of course, there is still some things going on with Overwatch 2 that have not been addressed yet either. Um, we've got, uh, of course, I mean, Call of Duty is still going strong regardless. Um, there's still, according to this article here, uh, it says that Activision is waiting to be paid as much as $420 million in deferred fees from Overwatch and Call of Duty League teams. So $420 million is nothing to, to you know close your eyes at. Um, and then uh, one of the bigger things that this article mentions, and I didn't even think about this, is that their argue, the, the, the conflict that came up between Activision Blizzard and their partner in China, I don't remember if it was NetEase. Um, who was it that handled distribution there in China for Activision Blizzard titles? I think it was NetEase. Um, oh, man, I might actually have to look that up. Yeah, take um, a look. We'll, we'll stick with NetEase for now, but we'll definitely clarify for sure if that's the case. But basically, the fact that they don't have anybody helping them with publishing in China anymore means that the four China teams, the the Chengdu Hunters, the Guangzhou Charge, the Hangzhou Spark, and the Shanghai Dragons don't have access to Overwatch, basically. They don't have access to it because the servers themselves are, you know, they're they're not accessible, and that game really requires, you know, the ability to, um, you know, or it requires that need to actually connect to servers, even if you're going to do some type of like local bot play. Okay, so actually, it looks like it's the same as the mobile version. It's with Tencent. Is it okay? Yeah. So yeah, so the big thing too is that even like the article mentions here uh, from PC Gamer again. Is that it says that apparently that the the, uh, the Chengdu Hunters may have actually disbanded, which means that now we're down one team at least in Overwatch League itself, and there are uh, twenty teams at least. So drop that down. There's nineteen at least. You know, twenty of course makes it nice, even, and happy. But um, yeah, so I find it interesting, of course, though that there could be problems, but it's not a shock. Um, I also watch other esports too. Like I really, really like to tune into uh, CS:GO, and I like to watch what they do. And that's always had such a big following. That's always had such a big push out there, and it's always turned out massive crowds for their events and such. And I know Overwatch League really did start that right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, I did watch a little bit of Call of Duty League, but um, you know, it's just it. There's something about it that just worked in theory and started to work in practice but then really fell off the edge um man this is a pain in the butt to to even talk about yeah i mean i guess for me personally i maybe 
uh, not so much Call of Duty League, but Overwatch League, it, it's kind of bizarre to see it be disappearing, especially with the 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 grand reception it had um, in in the very beginning. You know, huge 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 audiences uh, turning out for the the big competitions. Um, I mean, you you've got um, huge online turnout for just watching the the live streams, even connecting through the game uh, to the Twitch stream. Uh, there there's just been so much support for for Overwatch League, at least at least that I see in comparison to Call of Duty League. Maybe I just turn a blind blind eye to it, and I I don't I don't know, but I. I it feels like that to see these disappear would be weird. And maybe the, the fact that um, that this is the financial woe that that Blizzard Activision was talking about when, when they were trying to get the, the merger to go through with, with Microsoft and that this was going to be their big saving grace. Maybe we, we, we were blind to the fact uh, that other stuff like this was going on uh, because all we could see was the the unfortunate Bobby Kotick incident with uh, all the I I don't know litigation of the last couple of years. Yeah, and that was I think a big detriment though too to their to their operation is because of the of the um, legal filings and that with the sexual harassment lawsuits and that that came through and all the protesting and that that especially went mm-hmm. along. Um, one of the big things is all the sponsorship that had pulled out. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, they had, they had brand name sponsors right there. Like I was state farm, Toyota. I mm-hmm. think uh, Nabisco was involved. Like, I think they had some sort of like cheese. It's thing that they were doing as well too. You know, there was a lot that was going on and now I think at least 60% of that is gone. So well, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just disheartening. And it it's sad to see you know something like Overwatch League get dissolved before we even see that the full, I, I guess potential of what Overwatch Two was supposed to be. I mean, if you remember before launch, we were talking that it was going to have a campaign mode, albeit it was basically multiplayer matches, but it had its own story. Um, I th- what I have in mind is like similar to, and I I'm. I'm probably going to get hate for saying this, but similar to the Bring format it. of Brink, uh, where you know you move through the map and it, it, it's a whole scenario, and you play as either team, but you move through the map and you play through the story. I, I guess it it's yeah. almost similar to like Left for Dead in a way, um, in that that factor, but it is more of a you know five v five still, depending on who wins the match, or maybe even just the uh, five players versus bots and maybe you have to fight players at the end or something. I don't know. Um, because we still haven't seen it and we still <laughs> haven't seen the level up system that they talked about. And yeah, if, if they're already talking about dissolving overwatch league, it, it makes me wonder what kind of other trouble some of these companies or some of these brands might be in. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was a very, league, I should say. Yeah, and it was a very ambitious push. I mean, I've been to one Overwatch League uh, event um, back in 2019. Mm-hmm. So I was actually there. I got to see a, a, an actual, like, I got to see Overwatch Live. I got to see my team, Philadelphia Fusion, playing. Um, Before who they are got now moved the, over uh, to a different country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who are now the, what is it, the, uh, the, 
I don't know if I don't think it's the Soul Infernal. I, I can't remember. I know they're in Korea now. Um, hey, and they just brought Poco back on, which I thought was was a wild one to see too, especially because he had moved over to Valorant. But regardless of that, um, yeah, it's just kind of disheartening to see though, especially because yeah, it definitely had a lot of promise. Um, I think the other thing too is like the time frames that the games were actually on as well. Like I remember waking up uh, at some point. What was it? it? Was I was waking up. Uh, this week, like my alarm had gone off, you know, getting ready for the day and stuff. And uh, I had seen a tweet that had like, you know, listed out the score for the most recent game. And it had only been published like, you know, five minutes before I had woken up. And I'm like, I missed a match. It's like they're all playing at like way early times in the morning now, especially for where we live. It's like, ah, crap. I'm not going to be able to see any of these except for watching the VODs now. It's just it's it's a little bit of a pain in the butt that way. But it is what it is. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's, it's kind of disheartening to see the leagues be moved in, in such a way that, I mean, we don't really see a lot of the competition over here in the States anymore. A lot of it has been moved uh, overseas, and a lot of the, the teams have been or are being moved overseas. I don't know if it's just that they can't find the funding over over here in the States or, you know, what, what the issue is, um, but... It makes it difficult to be a fan of a team that, you know, you can only watch a game, you know, every, you know, once a month or whatever, because that's about the only time you can be up in time to catch it. Yeah, and I'm not planning on being up at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning to go yeah. and watch Overwatch League games. That's just it- not my style. Maybe it's because that's where the tech is at. I mean, they, they do have the faster um, internet speeds and whatnot. Granted, it, n- not a ton of it is really needed when you're playing in that close proximity, but they, that's where a lot of like the uh, processing units and stuff are made. Uh, a lot of the, like, mm-hmm. the, the hard drives and stuff are made. So may- maybe it's just part of the culture to be you know, involved in, in gaming in such a way. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the key thing of course, though, is that it's not the, it's not the, the last straw for Overwatch League or Call of Duty League, because obviously, of course, companies, when they put out their financial statements, they always have to put out some sort of risk assessment anyway, that says like, you know, it, 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 there's a possibility we may not be able to do anything with this here, or it's something to keep in mind for our investors that, you know, we we are doing our best we can with this, but um, you know there is a possibility something else could go south and require us to shut things down. So it may not be something that happens after the season. It may be a couple of years out. It may even never happen. Um, but if it happens, we'll tell you about it. Yeah, and God forbid it does. Hopefully, it happens to Call of Duty before it happens to Overwatch. <laughs> yeah, but. What I can tell you, at least right now, is uh, about our last story in the main stories list for this week. And uh, it looks like a lot of us are going to have to give up our uh, Swag YOLO 420 No Scope number 4562 usernames here, at least on Discord. Because guess what? Discord is now making an adjustment to uh, identities and your usernames on the platform by getting rid of the four digit tag at the end of your username. That's right. So your username is going to be up for grabs potentially here, unless you can actually uh, get on it and make sure that you have everything secured nice and neat when the, uh, when it rolls out. Um, So when discord of course popped up, 
it had introduced the ability, of course, to basically create uh, as many usernames. Uh, like you, you could create your username the same as someone else if you wanted to, but with the only other identifier that was different was the last four digits of the of the username. So it'd be your username and then uh, the pound symbol or hashtag and then four digits after the fact, just as another identifier. So I could have Kyle's name in Discord if I wanted to, just with a different number there. Um, but it looks like Discord has identified, though, is uh, apparently some technical debt with that tag system and that they need to effectively find a way to go ahead and get all this stuff cleaned up, and this is the way to do that. So Kyle... How fast do you think we're going to have to move to go and secure our names to make sure they don't get stolen by anybody else? Uh, hopefully not too terribly fast, but, um, I mean, granted, I, I I don't know how many of there there are of my name. I don't want to just be blurting it out, though, because I definitely want to secure the, the one that I've used for so long. But um, this is just kind of weird that they're making the change all of a sudden, and they wouldn't allow allow or offer players up front to to be able to you know secure their their current name especially if it's something that they've used for many years and they like myself and i i don't know if you still are are nitro uh subscribers no i i jump off and on when it comes to the nitro stuff anyway um but that definitely does offer an interesting situation there when it comes to the world of security because um you know, at least it makes it so that way your username and your like identity, basically that you're, you're, you have what you have and it's secured to you. Um, you know, but it definitely makes it more interesting about securing those handles um, sooner rather than later, because then that becomes another one of those gray market, black market things when, you know, your account gets hacked or what have you. It's like, Oh, I'm going to sell this username for so many, you know, so many dollars here. Or so many Bitcoin because you know it's it's a it's a high value name. You know, like if someone's name in Discord was at A, you know, just the letter A, that could potentially go for a boatload of money too. Right. So, you know, instead of it being A hashtag one, two, three, four, or whatever. Um, it definitely uh it's definitely an interesting twist, but at the same time it's it's kind of funny to think that it's like, well, all these other systems had these unique username environments in place and we've worked with them for all the time here and now it's like discord is just like going back in the book it's like what does chapter one here say oh unique usernames no tags right? got it yeah no and to me just that's funny. just so bizarre that it, it, it is all of a sudden you know especially for and or the the fact that you know they're doing it so late because especially you know, pre-pandemic, it was a major way to communicate anyway. But during the pandemic, there were so many people turning away from, oh, what's what's the big one that I'm trying to remember that people were using. But they were immediately turning away from it and going to Discord just because the codecs uh, for audio and video were way better. Yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. So I I don't know it. You would have thought that back then they would have seen the influx of users and said, "Hey, you know, maybe we should do something about this because uh, we're getting a lot bigger than we thought we are were initially going to be." Um, but now it, 
I don't know. It, it just seems like that there's not enough in place for current users, especially paying uh, users that are paying paying for their subscription, uh, to actually secure the name that they want. At least not to my knowledge yet. I haven't gotten any notification any time that I've opened up Discord. Hmm. So, I don't know about you, but I open it every day, so... Oh yeah, I've got it. I've got it open every day as well too. I'm a part of a bunch of different communities on Discord, so it's it's open every day. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess if this this change is coming down the line, it's going to be coming a line down the line over the next few weeks, so it looks like they might stagger out the actual release of this change. So be prepared to hop on and uh make sure that your username is solid and in place because um while the tags aren't necessarily going to be going away. According to Discord, you'll still be able to find your friends by their username and that uh, that four-digit tag as well. Um, it'll still stick around as, I guess, an alias for the short term. That could disappear pretty quick, so make sure you got your stuff locked in and you let people know where you're at. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would I would keep on checking because, at, at least to my knowledge, I haven't seen uh anything uh with the update yet hmm yeah nothing nothing here so far i even just checked my discord i have nothing that's popped up that says you know it, it's ready for you to do what you need to do yeah i actually i aside from being on discord i actually l tried to log in through the website to see if there was anything that you know needed to be altered on there you know via just their server in order to to process anything but no it 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 seems like everything uh is the same i'm wondering if maybe it does tie to the fact that they do have that limited time avatar de decoration that does end on the 10th which means they will have to have an update on the 10th yeah agreed there's going to be some type of change coming down the line here very soon so, so i would almost look might to be tied the 10th yeah, for that that the start of the rollout day. I would agree with that too. 100% man. So, with that, that is it for the main stories for this week's news roundup and we move on to the last bit of the news for this week and that is the quest markers with Kyle. Kyle, looks like we've got two in the quest markers for this week. What is going on there? Yeah, we'll keep it a little simple this week. So, for our first quest marker, uh, Seagate has decided to drop the price on Xbox Series X and S expansion cards. That's Woo! right. Um, so, of course, the original price of the uh, one terabyte card was $219 on release. Um, just, I believe it was about a year ago, they actually released the 512 and the two terabyte models of the card for $139 and $399 respectively. But now you will officially be able to pick up the one terabyte card for $159.99, the 512 for $89.99, and the two terabyte for the uh, cool price of $279.99. So essentially the sale price of a Series S that you'll be plugging into the back of your Series X. All right. Yeah. Um, I want to say the date... Um, do they announce the date yet? Uh, I think I it, think they've already dropped. Yeah, it does look like uh, the um, price drop actually started at the uh, end of last month. So 
if you haven't already run into your retailer and picked up a cheaper hard drive and you've been eyeing one for a little while now, now's the time to, to go pick one up. Or maybe even wait till an upcoming Prime Day because they might have an extra like 10 to $20 off if anything goes well, but we'll see. Yes, and we will. In our second and last quest marker for this evening, Apex Legends problem uh, problems to blame on a single line of code. So as of recently, um, there have been issues with players experience, experiencing bugs, uh, noticing missing rifle noises, phantom particle effects, and disappearing grenades that still, in fact, damage and kill other players without any explosion or any graphic effect. Um, but apparently, um, as they, the creators of Apex have been doing their digging, they found that the uh, one of the issues is the um, game can only cache 128 effect entries for every frame of gameplay, essentially. So it's ca caching those for every player, but this becomes a problem when there's a static effect applied to weapons that are even holstered or holstered. Oh, jeez. So essentially, it was reading the holstered weapons as being active weapons and firing but not firing, which was causing the effects to make the things on screen disappear. While they have been rolling out um, the, the updates, it looks like most of the issue in Season 16 has been fixed uh, with uh, the uh, stopping the uh, or stopping the sending of the stop particle effect on the uh, objects that were put away in inventory. Uh, but uh, it looks like the fix started Tuesday. Um, but some of the issues have not been entirely fixed yet, so hopefully we'll be seeing the rest of it roll out before the end of Season 16. But with that, that is it for the quest markers for this week. And with that being the quest markers, that means that is it for the weekly news roundup for the week of May 5th, 2023. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to this weekly news roundup. Of course, if you like what you're listening to, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice. That includes some of the ones we're on, such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we're probably on it. But if you're not sure where to listen to us at, or you want to see if your favorite platform is supported, go check us out on our homepage at anchor.fm slash the dash NPCs dash podcast, and you'll be able to find all the different platforms we are supported on. With all of that, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We will catch you all next week. Laters.